You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. On today's show, we'll be taking a look at a film from the list of greatest films of all time, a film from back in 1996 called Irma and we'll read a few of your emails and the return of Randall's requests, where I review a film that a listener has requested. Now, I did drop that section of the podcast last week as we were getting a lot of shit sent in. But as Janet's 24-hour party services sponsor that bit, I've been told by milky-eyed Gregor that I'm contractually obliged to carry on with it. He did make it perfectly clear that if I didn't fulfil my obligations, uh, I'd be picking up my teeth with broken fingers, so later on I'll be reviewing the film Mr Popper's Penguins. Now today's podcast might seem a little bit rushed, but everything's been up in the air at the moment, what with me moving out on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm all packed up, ready to go into my bungalow near the local daycare centre very soon. Uh, and looking at all my stuff piled there, it ain't much, you know. Uh, two cardboard boxes and three bin bags. Not really a lot to show for 51 years on earth, is it? Mr White's been amazing. He gave me a grand to pay for everything new that I might need. But as I'm keeping most of the stuff here that the old bird left when she died, I'm pocketing most of that cash. But I have had to splash out on a new mattress. The one she left behind did have a few unidentifiable stains on it. So we took it out and burned it on that patch of waste ground behind the primary school. Yeah, he's been really helpful. Managed to get me gas and electric on, and by Thursday I should have my internet sorted, so it's all systems go. Anything for my boy, he said. Yeah, right creepy the way he said it. Anything for my boy. Yeah, a bit pervy. Randall Parker's Film Fact Vin Diesel and The Rock fell out whilst filming the Fast and Furious franchise when Vin Diesel said that The Rock had a massive body and a tiny pinhead. The Rock said Vin Diesel had massive man tits. Randall Parker's Film Fact Now with the wedding only about three or four weeks away, things are in full flow. Now the other night I went down the Little to treat myself to some of them knock-off Belvitas they've got down there. And when I got back, Uncle Kenny, Auntie Christine, Stan from the Bowls Club, Sharon the Vicar, Mum and Mr White were all there having a meeting in the living room. I tried my key in the lock, but they deadbolted the door. I could see them all in there laughing and joking. I went round the back and knocked on the window, but they didn't hear me. I'm not surprised with all the laughter going on in there. I even tried to ring Mr White on my mobile, but he kept going to answer phone. You know, it pissed me off a bit, that did, so I had to go for a walk around the estate for a couple of hours, right? Sat in the park until he got a bit too rough. Then went down to the chip shop and uh, managed to grab a chat with Tommy Slippers, who's now out of hospital and waiting for his compo to come through. It's nice the chippy have put an armchair in the corner so he can just sit there and chat to anyone who comes in. Now, according to the two gay lads who run the news agents, uh, when Tommy was in hospital, no one was getting the local gossip, so sales of the Express and Star quadrupled overnight. Well, when I was chatting to Tommy, he told me the rumour down the chip shop is that local pervert slash flasher Sticky Mickey is up for a community award. What happened was there was a robbery at the post office in town and according to Tommy, the getaway car was parked outside the post office and we think that Sticky Mickey must have taken a bit of a shine to it, right? Now, I'm not quite sure what went down, but the police were able to match Sticky Mickey's DNA to the DNA found on one of the robbers and the whole gang was collared. But old Tommy Slippers does drink lighter fluid, so his word ain't 100%. In my opinion, though, uh, those robbers deserve some sort of award for finding the post office open. Yeah, so, park, chip shop, had a quick chat with Donny Tucker, then made my way back and finally managed getting the house about 10 o'clock. Apparently the party came to an abrupt end when Uncle Kenny had to go home when his piss bag burst all over the living room carpet. Emails. 
Right, before we start on emails, I've got a bit of good news for you. As early in the week, Big Ken noticed that when he was doing his usual sweep of the emails, that long-time contributor of the podcast, Raymond Cress, has passed away. For those of you who are new to the podcast, we had a period where we get in some odder-than-normal emails, and they turned out to be from an 87-year-old troll called Ray. Now, I had to pay Big Ken three Big Minteros and a six-pack of McCoys to set this filter up, so only the legit emails get through. Now, from what Ken's been able to pick up on some malware that he's uh, installed, our age funeral is in a week or two, so might pop along to Leeds and pay me respects, you know. I'll take a pocket full of nails and make sure the lid's down tartly so the fucker don't come back. So we can safely guarantee a 100% Raymond Cress-free email section of our podcast. And our first email goes... Dear Randall, I love scary films. I particularly like the Paranormal Activity franchise. Well, the first two, and then it went really shit. A bit like Final Destination. Oh, and they fucked the Blair Witch Project up with the second one, didn't they? Come to think of it, this happens an awful lot, doesn't it? Take the Saw films, for instance. They were quite inventive at the start, but became total bullshit after a few films. It's as if film companies have one good idea, then decide to screw the life out of it until it's just a lifeless carcass being fucked for fucking sake. Those Halloween films can fuck right off. I've lost patience with them. How come Jamie Lee Curtis is back in them? What the fuck is that all about? Her character, Lolly Strode, got killed off in Halloween Resurrection with a needle to the fucking eye, for God's sake. But my question is this. Have you ever experienced a paranormal activity? And if so, what happened? Warm regards, Patricia Wicks, Walford. Well, thanks for writing in, Patricia. And thank you for the warm regards. Uh, She sounds right classy, don't she? Now, I don't know if this is a paranormal activity or you would class this as an unexplained phenomenon, but uh, we was on an Outward Bounds course with school when we were all about 14 and on the first night, Mr Jones, the PE teacher, came in and gave all the boys in our dorm a mug of Orlix, right? And it was fucking rank. It tasted chalky and a bit reasty. Well, the next morning, all the lads in the dorm woke up stark naked, laid out perfectly like a dead body on top of the covers of our bunk beds. None of us had any recollection of going to sleep or any idea how we ended up like that. There was a rumour flying around that it was the ghost of the man who used to live in the house in Victorian times that used to wash dead bodies. Weird it was, real freaky like. Mickey Dawson ain't been the same since. This happened about four of the five nights we stayed there. Haven't been able to drink Orlix since. Mind you, what right-minded person would want to drink fucking Orlix? Tastes like runny Weetabix in a mug, doesn't it? Fucking pass. On to the next email. Dear Andal. Imagine, if you will, you are lent the car from Back to the Future and you can travel back in time to 1988 and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice. What would that advice be? Many thanks, Steve Price. That's a good question, that, Steve. Uh, let's have a think. Uh, I'd probably tell myself to avoid the prawns when you go out for that slap feed for Mum's 60th birthday. Fucking shocking, they were. Had an arsehole like a blood orange for weeks. Thanks for writing in, Steve. Now brace yourselves. Strange sounds from the dark corridor. Right, sir. Enemy of the podcast, the dark corridor, has never been one to miss an opportunity to be a bit of a twat. So he sends us an email and it goes, Dear Randall, Firstly, I would like to send congratulations to your mum and Mr White. I think it's fabulous that two people in the autumn of their lives strive to find some sort of happiness. I mean, it must be very thin on the ground, with you stuck slap-bang in the middle. I'm going to be sitting back and listening with bated breath, waiting for you to fuck it all up for them, because, let's face it, you probably will. 
but on to the main reason for my email. I just thought I should share my news with you. My podcast, The Dark Corridor, has been nominated for Best Film Review Podcast at the Northwest Indie Podcast Network's Podcast of the Year Award 2021. I'm sure I can count on your vote and the vote of your listeners. Kind regards, The Dark Corridor. Well, he can fuck right off, can't he? And if any of you lot vote for him, you can fuck off and all. I went on his website earlier and found the link to the website that these awards are doing, and it turns out he is actually up for this award. And if you do a bit more digging, though, you'll find out that the Dark Corridor, whose real name is Colin, actually runs the Northwest Indie Podcast Network, along with two other people. So basically, he's giving the award to himself. It appears he's about as popular as freshly laid dog shit on a running track. Let's do a review. So a bit later on in the show we'll be reviewing a film requested by a listener but for now we're going to stick to one from the list of greatest films of all time and it's one from 1996 called Irma Vep directed by a bloke called Oliver Assayas and it's another one from France now now it's the story of a film director who used to be shit hot but now is only shit now for some reason he decides to remake an old silent film about vampires and thinks to himself instead of getting a French actress to play the main part I'll get some Kung Fu star from Hong Kong to play the main character called Irma Vep, who is a burglar slash vampire. Now I was dead excited about this as I thought there'd be some great fight sequences and people having their teeth kicked out, but basically it's one hour forty minutes of people being moody. But I'm watching my fair share of these foreign films, right? Uh, one thing I've managed to discover is that everyone in Europe is either a right moody fucker or fucking mental. Right, the main lady in this is Maggie, and she arrives in France, and they take her off to get fitted for her outfit for the film, which seems to be made out of a bin bag, and she fucking loves it, and the woman who's in charge of the outfits becomes her friend. Now, they start out making the film, and after the first day's filming, the director takes the crew back, and they look at what they've done, and the director says, fucking hell, he's dog shit, and walks off, and the rest of the crew all nip off and have a bit of a feed. Uh, Maggie finds out that the director's gone fucking mental and he's taken off to have a good fucking rest. And Maggie nips back to her hotel. Later on, Maggie puts on the bin bag outfit and starts to creep around the hotel that she's staying in. Now, she slips into a room where there's this naked lady having an argument on the telephone and you see the lot, both knockers and a slice, everything. Maggie nips into the bathroom, steals a necklace and then bungs it off her roof for some reason. The film company get a new director and he thinks get rid of Maggie and fuck her right off. So that's what they do and that's sort of where the film ends. Now this film is a right mess of bollocks. Half of it's in subtitles, the other half's in English. And I think I would have liked this film better if I'd got the faintest idea what the fuck was going on. Now, not a lot happens, but a lot happens if you know what I mean. Ratings wise, I'm going to have to put this on a par with Daddy Daycare starring Eddie Mercury, as I really wanted to enjoy it, but no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't. That was Irma Vep. Watch that if you enjoy seeing French people eating and smoking at the same time. When I was packing up some stuff the other night, I thought to myself, when I move out, I'm going to be able to do what the fuck I like. Walk around in just me pants, shit with the toilet door open, stay up till gone ten at night if I want. The possibilities are endless, aren't they? I could even grow a moustache. Always wanted a moustache, but Mum said that if I'd grow a moustache, I'd look like a kiddie fiddler. If I did grow a moustache, I'd grow one of them big bushy fuckers, you know, like Straw Dickbridge, who does them big posh houses up on Channel 4. 
uh, fucking cracking that moustache fucking brilliant there's been some amazing moustaches in film over the years isn't there Charlie Chaplin Groucho Marx Bird Reynolds uh, he always used to have a cracking tash didn't he uh, best moustache though has got to be Tom Selleck can't it you know Magnum from Magnum P.I. fucking loved that show I did sure him and Higgins were booming uh, best episode of that though was when it was half Magnum P.I. half Murder She Wrote who says you can't have your cake and eat it now, quick shout out to Donny Tucker, who I saw when I was wandering the streets the other night. I told you a few weeks ago he was suffering with two broken legs resulting from a spider bite when he was clearing his shed out. Now, poor Donny didn't manage to get any superpowers. Well, unless you count sepsis as a superpower. Uh, he's currently confined to a wheelchair and being pushed around the streets by his wife. Looks like he's lost about three stone. Well, four if you count the amputated arm. Poor Donny. Fucking lovely fella. I'd also like to give a shout out to the crew down at Wyden Bailey Fabrications. Unfortunately, Mr. White has had to lay off another 15 members of staff due to Robert Roberts' slapdash approach to health and safety. You know, some people just have no regard for the consequences of their actions, do they? Now, one of the people who unfortunately lost his job was Black Tony. Uh, now, just to clear things up, Black Tony is actually a white fella, right? But many years ago, at Wyden Bailey, there was this black fella called Tony. Then another Tony started who was white, and he was called White Tony. Well, the original Tony left, and eventually we took on this Tony, and to distinguish between the two we'd got, we called one Black Tony and one White Tony. Simple, ain't it? Anyways, I saw Black Tony down the British Art Charity Shop, and he was at the second-hand book section, smelling the corners of the pages of all the old copies of Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, he seemed to think I'd got something to do with Robert Roberts' demise, and ultimately, in him being laid off. But as I said to him, I thought that Robert Robert probably did it on purpose. But that didn't seem to cut it. He said a few choice words to me and then went back to sniffing his books. Uh, Black Tony, though, has got to be one of the world's most boring men. He's always banging on about Formula One. And he gives you a minute-by-minute breakdown of the latest episode of Top Gear, even if it's one of the old ones off of Dave. I mean, who gives a fuck how fast a Ford Mondeo from 2004 can go round a fucking corner? I was talking to Donna the other day, uh, the girl from next door, right, and she wanted to know if I wanted to buy off her three boxes of quenchy cups that she'd managed to nick from the local farm foods. She'd stolen them for Jackson, but he'd had eight, and earlier in the day it started to make his medicine wear off. I told Donna that Mum doesn't allow me to have these, as years ago I did myself some damage with one of those red straws. I had to wear an eye patch for the whole third year of high school. She said she fully understood, and asked if she could borrow 30 quid off me. Mind you thinking about it though, when I move in I can do what the fuck I like, can't I? Might give her a shout a bit later on, see if she's still got him. Gotta love a quenchy cup, haven't you? Randall's Requests, sponsored by Janet's 24-hour party services. So on to the part of the podcast that I'm contractually obliged to do, even though you lot have shit taste in films. Now this week's film is requested by a female listener called Emma Royd. It's from 2011 and it's called Mr Popper's Penguins. It's directed by some bloke called Mark Waters and stars everyone's third favourite comedian, Jim Carrey. Now this shit starts in 1970 and some kid is getting up in the middle of the night to talk to his dad on some sort of CB radio. And as the years go by, his dad keeps calling him and going, Fucking hell, lad, I'm in Burma. I'm in Vietnam. I'm in Cuba. It's sort of implied he's some sort of mercenary, fucking about, overthrowing government somewhere. Anyway, the film cuts to now and the kid's grown up into Jim Carrey, right? And he's a bit of a twatty estate agent who likes to con stupid people out of their buildings and make fuckloads of cash. Now he's on for a big promotion if he can con the fuck out of the old bird out of murder she wrote to buy her calf. 
right, but she's not a complete idiot and tells him to fuck right off. So old Jim is a wanky divorced dad and he's got two kids and they think he's a premium cock. And they say, we don't want to hang around with a premium cock, thanks dad. And to be honest, I don't think he gives a fuck either. And then he gets a call saying his dad, the mercenary, has dropped dead on a mission in Antarctica. Don't know, probably took a bullet to the lung or something, didn't he? Anyway, he's left him a souvenir and it'll be coming in the post. Next day he gets a crate delivered and it turns out there's a fucking penguin in it. I mean, what a twat his dad must have been. I'm dead, have a fucking penguin. Now, the penguin is a twat, shitting around the place and floods the old apartment, right? So he phones up some bloke and orders five more penguins. Now, the scriptwriter tries to make it look like it's a misunderstanding, but he definitely orders five more penguins. They turn up and they're equally as annoying as the first one. He tries to sell them onto a zoo, but before he can do that, his kids turn up and say, Oh, we like the penguins, you know. You know, Dad, you ain't as much of a twat as we thought you were. Thanks for ordering us six penguins. But instead of telling them don't get too attached on selling them onto a zoo, he pretends that they are for them, and as time goes by, he starts to like the penguins. Anyway, the bloke from the zoo does turn up, and Jim Kelly says, Nah, fuck off, I'm keeping them, and the bloke from the zoo ain't happy about that. Now, it seems our Jim forgets he's got to con her off of murder she wrote out of her calf, and spends his days wanking all over the penguins, and the penguins lay three eggs. Anyway, Jim's ex-wife starts to get interested in him and they start to rekindle their romance and she forgets the reason why she divorced him in the first place, which is probably him being a twat. Now his boss has come round to his house and he's full of snow and they say, have you gone fucking mental, Jim? And he goes, nah, I'm just waiting for the eggs to hatch. And they say, you're a fucking nut job, you're sacked. Anyway, one of the eggs don't hatch and he goes off his nut and sells the penguins to the zoo. His kids don't like him again and his wife ain't interested in his cock anymore. Anyway, he goes back to his bosses and says, I'm not nuts anymore, can I have my job back? And they say, yeah, sure. Then he finds a letter from his dad that says, don't be a twat to your kids like I was. So he quits his job, buys the cafe off Murder She Wrote Lady, does it up, buys the penguins back off the zoo, moves to the North Pole with his wife and kids, and it sort of ends there. Now, the budget for this film was $55 million, and I'm guessing 54 and a half of it was spent on persuading Jim Carey to star in this pile of cack. None of it was spent on a script writer, I can fucking tell you that. Now, it's a bit like that other Jim Carrey film, uh, Liar Liar, but all the jokes have been taken out and replaced with penguins. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with, I don't know, having a catheter fitted. Uh, that was Mr Popper's Penguins. Watch that if you want to see a man piss away any credibility he had left by fucking around with some really bad CGI penguins. Randall's Requests Sponsored by Janet's 24-hour party services. So, I'll be moving into my bungalow on Wednesday morning and the internet will be on on Thursday, so don't worry, I'll be still be doing Film Club next week. Mr White did say that he would help me to move in, but unfortunately he's got a big meeting with the health and safety executive, then his solicitors, then the bank, then Robot Robert's kids. So, I'll be loading me two boxes and three bin bags into a taxi and heading off on a new adventure. Now, I've lived in this house for 16 years and I will be a little sad to leave. Uh, I've had some happy times in this house, and uh, we moved in here after the fire at the old place, and it soon became home. Randall's Classics. So, on to Randall's Classics for this week, and it's one from 1972 called The Poseidon Adventure. It's basically the story of this big posh boat, and there's this fucking massive wave, and the whole thing goes arse over tit, and there's a group of survivors trying to make their way to safety, and one by one, they all drop dead. 
Now this was another one of Nan's death sweepstake films, like the Tower Inferno every Christmas, but this was the Easter version. Looking back, she must have had some strange perversion to watching Hollywood stars dying in disaster films. Anyway, get it watched. It's fucking brilliant. Randall's Classics We never really knew what happened to Nan. After my granddad died, she sold the house, emptied a savings account and fucked off to Greece, and we never heard from her again. I do often wonder if she's still alive. She'd be about 105 now. So, next time you hear me, I'll be in my new bungalow, so thank you so much for listening to Randall Parker's Film Club. If you want to send an email, the address, as always, is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I really would love to hear from you. ta for a bit. <laughs>